All right, welcome back to the show. Time for my visit with Keith Baldry, Legislative Bureau Chief for Global News. Baldry's beat. Morning, Keith. Morning. It's going to be a busy week. Yeah, the big story continues to be the COVID-19 outbreak mm-hmm. across Metro Vancouver, especially in Surrey. And we're anticipating another big number this afternoon when Dr. Bonnie Henry has her briefing three with worth. Health Minister Adrian Dix. That's at 3 p.m., by the way. Be brought to you live on the Linda Steele Show this afternoon, 3 o'clock. You're expecting a big number there? Well, we had big numbers, daily case numbers of more than, more than 600 for a couple of days last week, ending last week. We've been trending upwards consistently. Our doubling rate is 13 days. No reason to think we're going to be um, lower than that, unless, you know, if, the, if there's fewer tests conducted on the weekend, you're going to find less COVID. But, again, it could be 1,500, 1,800, 2,000 cases. It's uh, it's going to be uh, – people are going to have sticker shock this afternoon when they hear this number. Okay. People are already shocked, I think, by some of the outbreaks we're seeing in schools. we got three schools shut down in mm-hmm. Fraser Health. Who knows if it's going to get worse from there? We see a very popular teacher in, in an elementary school in Surrey in the intensive care unit, music mm-hmm. teacher. Just talked to Matt Westfall, the president of the Surrey Teachers Association, about that. They continue to call for mandatory masks. They want smaller class sizes. How come they're resisting the mandatory masks in the schools? I mean, why not put them in schools? I mean, gee. Yeah, no, I, but again, we're evolving. I wouldn't be surprised if we get there at yeah. some point. Um, yeah. Now, is it mandatory? Do you make it mandatory for teachers? Do you make it mandatory for staff? Mandatory for kids? Uh, but again, we're evolving on this, and I, I I wouldn't take anything off the table here. Okay, we had a a gym in uh, in Surrey, Surrey. The Platinum Athletic Club, been shut down with a, uh, an outbreak there. Anybody who goes to a gym right now is nuts uh, in terms <laughs> of potentially exposing yourself, particularly in Surrey. People have to get their heads around the fact that every day the numbers come in. 66% to 75% every single day is in Fraser Health Authority. And you, you drill down a little deeper than that, and you can only do that on a, a monthly basis. And I did this for looking at, at the October cases. In October, Surrey had almost 2,200 cases by themselves. The next highest municipality was Vancouver with a little more than 600. After that was a big drop to Burnaby with 225. So the gap between Burnaby at 225 and Surrey at almost 2,200, almost a 10 to 1 uh, ratio there. And that's probably continuing in November as well. The cases continue to surge in Surrey. So, again, people in Surrey really got to check their behavior right now because they're more vulnerable than anyone. Okay, for, 42 cases of COVID confirmed at that Surrey gym, the Platinum Athletic Club. It has been shut down by Fraser Health, and the gym put out... Uh, a notice saying that some of their patrons had come in to work out at the gym while they were awaiting their test results. So I don't, you know, I mean, some people that may be young, maybe it's younger people who feel they're kind of bulletproof from this virus that even if they, if they're positive or they might be positive, still don't seem to be kind of checking well, their I, behavior. I invite some young people to call up our story on Global on Saturday night, which was about a 37 year old guy in good shape who died of COVID-19. He yeah. was. He went home. Uh, the manager phone kept phoning, check on his his uh, health. Phone back uh, after about three days, and his wife said he's gone. And he said, "Well, what do you mean he's gone? Is he like gone out? No, no, he's gone. He's passed." So this is a thirty-seven-year-old guy with no obvious underlying health conditions in seemingly good health who died of COVID nineteen. If he can die from COVID nineteen, pretty well anyone can. Okay, when you say that people should not go to a gym, the gyms are allowed to operate. 
if you're I not, mean, if you do a one-on-one session with a gym, but right now no classes. Yeah, the classes have been shut down, like spin classes have been shut down, yoga classes have been shut down, but individual gyms, like you can still go to a gym and work out in your Stairmaster or whatever. You've got to book an appointment. You you can't everybody show up en masse and expect to be able to work out together in a gym. It's just just not on. Yeah. So do you anticipate there's potential for more businesses to be shut down? Because one of the things, you know, later on in the show today, I got Dan Kelly on who's the president of the uh, Canadian Federation of Independent Business. He represents small Mm -hmm. businesses in Canada. And he wrote a a Twitter uh, thread on the weekend that got shared hundreds of times. And basically making the argument that don't lock us down, don't shut down business, because that's not where the virus is spreading. I mean, obviously, this gym in Surrey is is a very prominent exemption here. But he's saying, like, restaurants, retail, stores... There's no evidence that there's huge spread going on in a lot of these businesses. The the spread is going on in private residences, right? Yeah, no, our modeling presented last week. Don't shut us down. Modeling last week showed that restaurants are not the main source of the the virus spread. It continues to be uh, private homes. The problem now, though, is as the virus starts to circulate in much greater numbers, the chances of people going to a restaurant now with the virus are much higher than they were a month ago, because there's just more uh, COVID out there. So as the population, as the number of people in the population swells with COVID-19, everything they do suddenly becomes more problematic than it was, say, uh, two months ago. I mean, we, we sort of got to the point, we weren't getting a lot of uh, positive cases on a daily basis throughout the summer. I think people relaxed. We're now in the second wave. So I think you are going to see more restrictions. And on a regional basis, Toronto has different different zones yeah. of, um, of restrictions. Manitoba has got a, almost a near lockdown. Uh, mm-hmm. Only um, essential services can be open, which is killing the retail trade right at Christmas time. Washington wow. State begins today. Uh, no indoor dining, no indoor bars, only takeout, 25% limit on of capacity in retail stores. So no big crowds in the malls or in the stores. And that's going to be in place for at least four weeks. Yeah, brutal, like you said, for a lot of those businesses have been hammered during this pandemic, and they were hoping maybe some Christmas shopping would lift them up a little bit. But again, I, I, again, I wouldn't be surprised if you see regional restrictions aimed at places like Surrey, um, parts of Metro Vancouver, where where the virus is in much greater numbers than it is elsewhere in the province. Having said that, the numbers are starting to escalate in Vancouver Island, where we've yeah. not had a lot of COVID, and we now have, I think, in excess of sixty active cases. Uh, you're going to see it's it's uh, etching up a bit in the Okanagan. Uh, so you know, as we go into the second wave, the numbers are going to get worse everywhere. Okay, three o'clock is when that next update is coming from Dr. Bonnie Henry, and that'll be live on the Linda Steele Show this afternoon. Uh, we'll take some calls on that in a minute, but just let me let me get your your quick uh, your take real quick on the BC Liberal Party situation and Jane Thornthwaite, the former Liberal MLA, defeated in the last election, famously part of that uh, mm-hmm. online roast of Bowen Ma, the NDP MLA. She apologized for some sexist comments that were made there. Wilkinson, the Liberal leader, really threw her under the bus after that. He did. Said her comments were... were well, you and I talked about that. And then that. she wrote a blistering editorial attacking Wilkinson in the Vancouver Sun on the weekend. If you recall, it? you and I were talking about this as it was happening, how he threw her under the bus but wasn't taking any action against Laurie Throness. And that's exactly the point she raised in her op-ed piece. This was a double standard. She accused him of sexism. This is bullying. Um, it's a rocket salvo, I'll tell you. It's uh, really hard to see how Wilkinson continues as a leader in any effective fashion after that. Just reading this editorial she wrote in, in The Sun on the weekend, she writes, quote, listening to Andrew Wilkinson tell British Columbians that I, quote, made a fool of myself, 
despite saying the opposite to me privately, was soul-crushing and likely cemented the loss of my seat. That was a pretty mm-hmm. safe liberal seat up there in the North Shore that she lost well, to the NDP. The liberals lost a number of safe seats. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think something was happening there uh, that may have happened anyways. You know, she may have lost anyways because, you know, for the NDP to win in Abbotsford and Langley, which was unheard of, and well, if they were going to win there, they can win in Seymour. But I think she makes the point, you know, cementing her loss is probably there's the best lots way of to troubles for the Liberals at the at they're the, in a world at, of pain. Well, at the money laundering inquiry, we see Rich Coleman getting really hammered by testimony in the money well, laundering inquiry. Uh, they've been shunted now to the fringes of Metro Vancouver. They're now an upcountry party. They're a rural party. They don't speak for the suburban and urban voters who determine who forms government in this in this. Uh, province so unless they can find a way back to connect with the younger uh ethnically diverse uh people in metro vancouver they're going to be out of power for a long time well they probably made a smart move in announcing they're going to go a go slow approach and selecting a new leader they're bringing in some an outside committee to examine Mm -hmm. what went wrong during the election campaign so they're doing a big soul-searching deep dive and what went wrong here which is probably the right thing to do at this point instead of rushing in for a leadership Mm -hmm. process Mm -hmm.